Hello, Playdate. This is Don. This is Nick. And I'm Ryan. This week we are covering Playdate news. Recent indie releases. And even more Playdate news. All the news. So much news. Excessive amounts of news. Thank you for listening. And let's get started. With our... You guys want to... You guys do the honor. Give us a respectful boop into the news and notes. Which one of you is going to do it? Boop, news and notes. Boop, 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 boop. (sighs) Um, Ooh, boy don wins that one nice i want i wanted to mention because we we might have group four and five people there is a playdate wiki and the wiki needs help if you are wiki focused um there'll be a link in the show notes though wiki is pretty good i mean there's a lot of stuff in there it looks really nice and whatnot but it is uh user controlled so hop in there if you want to add stuff tweak stuff um contribute get in there and contribute Please, we don't even have a page on here. We're not really mentioned on here. So we're not wiki worthy, though. We're not wiki um, worthy. But if we were, this is where you would find something about us. But there are lots of cool games that um, some games I didn't even know about that are listed on here. So hop huh. in there, check it out. Lots of good uh, resources in the yeah. Playdate community wiki. Even if you're awesome. not on the group four and five, get on those ones and twos and wiki, wiki, wiki your way around there. Huh? Uh, no? Dating oh. yourself, Ryan. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, speaking of dates, the yeah. community deadline is approaching for the Tiny Yellow Machine Play to Community Direct. Excellent. So there'll be a link in the show notes. If you have something to contribute that you think is Community Direct worthy, if you've got a trailer or an announcement or something you want to get in there, um, the form will be in the show notes. Hop on there, get it submitted. And if you do not, that's okay. In October, it'll be out and online and you can watch it and enjoy it soaking in all of the announcements and new material from all around the world yes sounds great yes we're on board speaking of all around the world speaking of don doing all the news and notes (laughs) what else you got ryan ryan you have like three and a half pages of notes here (laughs) nick nick what is next on our notes i'm sorry hey uh you all i i don't i'm just gonna mute i don't know (laughs) if you knew this but uh there's a play jam coming up it's what? Play Jam 4. Play Jam ooh, ooh. 4. It's it's a game jam for the Playdate, and it's coming November 10th. So prepare yourselves. Get ready to dev and test and play. I'm ready. November 10th. I'm not. I would have no idea what to dev, but uh, I'm really excited to find out what people do with it. Uh, last time seemed crazy productive, I don't know how all this happens over the course of what is it a weekend a week yeah i think it's like three days oh my gosh bonkers okay well good luck to everybody coming november 10th uh get all that deving in before the you trot out the turkeys or the tofurkeys or whatever you do all right uh don and nick i'll see you in three hours let's start with uh the news and notes that i found uh starting with keeper getting save states and inducted into catalog i don't know about you guys but i got an email from old keeper dev uh that said hey thank you for buying keeper we made this game uh with the intention of having a good time blah 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 well now you can save the game while you do all that keeper now has a save system and a bunch of new cool stuff so i don't know if you remember when uh don proposed this for our pixel panel game a number of months back 
and we all had a real good time with it. Me especially uh, on my 87 hour flight and just barely completing it. Uh, heads up to everybody who's doing Keeper for uh, the first time. There is an itch page that gives you some some help. So it does not take you 87 hours. I still had a great time with it. Regardless, um, Keeper Dev says, we have updated the game to its new version on itch. So if you can download it again and sideload it on your console, uh, now you can save your game, play other games on your playdate, wait a month and continue your adventure in the Keeper right where you left off or start, start all over again. So that's really cool. That was one of our our minor gripes about the game uh sounds like that's solved and not only that he goes on to say the keeper has been selected to enter playdate's inter internal catalog uh you already have it but if you visit the catalog take a look at the oh what's happening things are jumping around uh one of them has become the new header so there's a new header for the keeper looks amazing this like worm's eye view force perspective of the giant <laughs> building with this silhouetted character and a little key in between the the words on the title Ooh, uh chef's kiss nice work on that and uh again thanks for playing the game i guess that was from cool lemon club is the real name of keeper dev so uh anyway just bouncing back to one of those games that we know and love here on the Hello Playdate podcast, getting a nice update and an induction into catalog. Congrats, Keeper Dev. I mean, cool Lemon Club. What do you guys think? Yeah, save system is massive for that game. Big yeah. time. Excellent news. Very yeah. good game. Very good news. Congratulations. All right, let's move on to uh, what I consider some really interesting information. I was talking with um, Scenic Route Software. This is maker of Generations, Greed, Lilybug, Shift, Post Hero, and the currently in development, you're going to miss the bus. So uh, I am very interested in stats and game number of games sold. Uh, I think that our very own Nicholas Cornelius Baldridge might be as well because he uh, flirts with the idea of playdate development and is interested in what he might expect from such things. And I would imagine a number of people are too. Uh, so I was asking Scenic Route about like, how's sales going on catalog? How does that even compare to your time on itch? And I've got a bunch of numbers for you, starting with the fact that Scenic Route Software has sold more copies of the four paid games on catalog now than the six games he, uh, they've got on itch uh, said that he sold uh, more cumulative copies of those four games on catalog than all uh, in total on itch. I just said that. Why did I say that all over again? Who knows? Greed has sold more copies in its first week on catalog than it did an entire year on itch. Nuts. Greed and Post Hero have both outsold their itch versions by more than double. Generations has sold three fewer copies on catalog, uh, but that was released in May 2023 versus its October 2022 release on itch. Um, I I was in conversation with him over the course of a few days, week-ish or so, and at first he was saying like nine or ten copies and then it closed to three. I would imagine they're they're equal by now. So uh, basically you've got about equal sales for about four months of availability on catalog versus 11 months of availability on itch. 
Uh, I have lots more info here, but I thought I'd pause for a moment to see about your guys' thoughts so far on these first few stats. What do you think, Nick? Um, well, first, is it okay that we're sharing this data? Oh, ah, who cares? No, I'm just kidding. Yes, of course. I checked with him before oh. listing. <laughs> okay. <all this. laughs> yeah, come on. Oh man. Uh just making sure. I, I could um, feel I could feel Nick sweat through the Zoom call. Uh, yeah, I was like, uh um sewing so, off his forehead like a cartoon character. Anyway, th this, Nick, uh, does this convince you to jump into Playdate Dev so far? This experience matches what I assumed the effect of Catalog would be. I don't know if you recall our conversation at the launch of Catalog, but uh, we were talking about how huge this was for mm -hmm. uh, third-party development, uh, games which were not part of that initial season. Uh, it's such a huge ask, even though... Uh, Panic has made it so incredibly easy to sideload games. It's such a huge ask to get somebody to go outside of the console and do something else um, that most people just won't do it. So these numbers don't surprise me. Um, and I'm really super excited to hear that uh, they've had, you know, s such excellent success with the catalog releases and, you know, uh, I I wish them and and all the devs on itch or catalog all the best because uh, that uh, it's just incredible this uh, this this new ecosystem uh, and and pioneering um, uh, their way through uh, itch and catalog uh, it's 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 been uh, kind of a lot from the outside to to observe. Um, the lack of an official storefront and now an official storefront and um you know hearing that that has has paid off in the end is is great to hear um as far as developing a game yes i mean if i were to develop a game as we discussed when catalog released i i would have great interest in releasing on catalog um mostly for exposure purposes not necessarily for sales purposes it all depends on you know how things are priced, but um, I suspect that an initial effort um, would not pay a gigantic dividend um, for uh, a playdate game. But um, it, it's not about the payday; it's about the passion, right? Um, so that that's kind of my thought: is just making sure that people know that the game exists people are able to purchase it easily and then able to interact with the game once they purchase it. Um, so each of those was kind of a different barrier before through itch um, and catalog has removed those barriers. So uh, that's good. Yes. Very cool. Don thoughts so far. Yeah, no, I love hearing these stats and I, I love the impact that catalog has had, even though we kind of know either what's coming or Obviously, we know when catalog is going to update. Um, it's still exciting to see what's on there. So it's always fun. And there's been at least like one or two games a week that we didn't expect or that I didn't expect. And so that's mm -hmm. like an extra little bonus, which is really cool. And it's stuff that we haven't played before, I should say, that wasn't on itch previously. So yeah, uh, I was wondering yeah, if it was not on itch before or we just didn't know about it because there's, you know, umpteen hundred games that have 
been yeah, released on itch totally. now it's it's hard to say but anyway uh i pulled a little uh frank costanza on you guys there with this uh statistic stuff and stop short because these next couple might change your mind a little bit listen to this scenic route software says that his game shift lags behind itch on catalog he cites that a lot of people had that game already but there's a game that's done better on itch than on catalog and he says, if you include bundle counts and revenue, itch still wins. But in terms of individual sales, catalog comes out on top. So I thought that was really interesting. So um, he's made more money on itch than on catalog. Again, there's you know over a year of sales on itch versus less yeah. than a year of sales on catalog. So it's hard to compare apples and oranges. I can only assume he doesn't have numbers for like first four months on itch versus first four months on catalog. I would assume that catalog is going to blow itch out of the water if that's the case, but, uh, but who knows? Uh, He's had a lot more releases on catalog in the first four months too, compared to itch. True. Yeah. He sort of had that, you know, year and a half backlog of games to just, you know, funnel into panic and uh, catalog and uh, yeah. Over yeah. time. I, I so, can I can still see that though. Um, Shift especially was on a lot of bundles, and it was a game that was mentioned a lot in the early days. That was one of his first games, and when when the early adopters were looking for top notch games, that was one of the first games that was really really polished, mm -hmm. and everybody was like, "Oh, this is a must have game." So I could see at least a big chunk of the early adopters getting it, and not really contributing to his itch um, revenue initially uh, what another thing i want to mention is i can't believe that uh post hero only came out in may like three four months ago and that uh generations came out october 22 that means when we did our year-end show it was only two months old i think uh, that's right because I, I remember being very surprised at your pick you know one because yeah. i don't listen to our show but two because it was so recent and i hadn't really heard much about it again not listening to the show um yeah so so that makes sense in my mind uh anyway regardless um just to give you some more numbers here scenic route was saying that uh their games have been available for almost a year longer on itch than catalog 15 months on itch versus four months on catalog shift was released on itch in june of 22 post hero was released on catalog in may of 2023 um so I was also curious about the percentage of revenue that the devs receive and asked them about this. And uh, it's complicated, but put simply, with Itch, about 90% of the purchase price goes to the dev, 9-0. With Catalog, about 70%, uh, I'm sorry, 75% of the purchase price goes to the dev. So 90 on Itch, 75 on Catalog makes complete and total sense to me, especially hearing these numbers uh, with so many more sales via catalog. I mean, essentially, Panics created this ecosystem within the Playdate itself that makes it so incredibly easy for users to hop on and buy games and is evidenced by these numbers. It makes sense that they would take a, a, a slight additional cut for creating that ecosystem. Um, and I can only imagine that the devs would happily toss another 15% to panic for allowing that to happen, assuming they accept their games onto catalog. But 
but what do you guys think, especially Nick with, uh, you know, your interest in developing if panic takes 25 versus 10% on itch, is that going to make you upset? Uh, no. And it's for the reasons that you mentioned, um, and what I said before. So I mentioned, uh, I mentioned the E word exposure there, but it's, it's exposure for the users who wouldn't normally interact with itch. So there's, there is a community of, uh, players who, uh, use itch because it rewards the developer, um, more than other storefronts. Um, and that, that goes across other types of games, you know, PC games and all that, uh, kind of stuff. So, um, you know, it doesn't surprise me that the revenue share on itch is higher than it is on catalog. And that's, um, part of the deal is you're, uh, getting those extra eyeballs, the people who wouldn't, uh, you know, stop cranking long enough to hop onto itch and buy your game. Um, and you end up having to pay more as part of that. Um, so that's, that's fairly typical for different storefronts. Itch is unique in its approach. Um, so yeah, makes sense. Okay. I've got one more question for you guys about all this stat stuff. Um, if you had to guess, don't look at the show notes. If you had to guess which scenic route software game sold more than any other copies of their games in the first four and a half days. What would you say? On So only games which are on both catalog and itch? Or could that be uh, post-hero? What is the game of Scenic Route Softwares that is on catalog that sold the most in the first four and a half days? What would you say? I, I already read all these the other day. Oh. Yeah, I did. I did too. <laughs> Do you remember, Nick? Uh, shall I act surprised and say generations? <laughs> it's not. Oh, okay. It's, <laughs> I guess you are surprised. <laughs> it's Four Corners. Yes, it is. Good job looking at those show notes. Yes, Four Corners sold more copies in four and a half days than any of their other games the first week on catalog. Uh, took Post Hero a month to match it. Very interesting. Uh, anyway, thank you, thank you, thank you to Scenic Route Software for being so transparent about all these statistics and allowing us to share them with our audience, I think. I, I don't know. No, he's, he said we could share it. Um, thank <laughs> you so much. editing this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and while we're on the topic of Scenic Route Software, guess what, guys? I got to play an early build of you're gonna miss the bus do you want to hear about it yeah i'm jealous <laughs> yes all right this is the new scenic route software game that has been teased liberally on twitter and who knows where else uh but i've really enjoyed seeing this come together and uh after our big conversation uh he offered me an early play and of course i took him up on the offer so um this game is so polished and so smooth i mean you've seen the speed of these gifts i've never experienced any sort of lagginess whatsoever i mean it's the final fit and finish polish that we've come to expect from scenic route software um and so i'd say thoroughly designed it, immaculate um 
uh, what would you say, efficiency of software. Like it just runs so smoothly and also wickedly difficult. <laughs> so I, I consider myself like sort of a, a, a medium, like maybe high tier medium player. Uh, like I can, I can move around with some agility on games. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to win any, uh, you know, land speed records or anything, but, uh, I consider myself an okay gamer when it comes to like platformers and, and moving around and stuff like that. Uh, I had a real challenge with some of these obstacles and it really took me a minute or two to understand like where where the hit boxes were located in this game where you're moving so fast, you're running along or you hop on a skateboard and you're going even faster. Your, your job is to essentially uh, hop over obstacles or duck underneath them. And I think what my difficulty was, was thinking, okay, I'm over a manhole now and I need to duck under a, um, you know, a real estate sign or something. And so I'm going to press the duck button thinking I'm going to continue to move at that pace as my player descends. However, when you press that duck button, you need to be past whatever obstacle is underneath you, like a manhole. Because if you press the duck and you're in the air over it, kabonk, you go directly down and go into it. So, um, I've been talking about a couple spots with Scenic Route Software that I thought maybe this spot is a little too difficult, a little too quick into the game because there was like, you know, uh, two, three, four seconds until you get to something pretty difficult. And I recycled that quite a few times and, uh, you know, really found it quite challenging. So anyway, but we've been having some conversations about that, but I, I thought I would pass along some of the information to you uh, listeners about what you can expect from that game. I also felt like there was a lot of really fun, um, quirky scenic route software stuff in there. For example, you know how you were talking, Don, on Generations, how even if you didn't get something right, like you were kind of rewarded for it, there were these achievements for like mm -hmm. not doing well. Uh, there was a point in the game where I was running along and a crow comes flying at me and I'm like, oh God, jump. And I was supposed to duck. And so basically, you know, freight train right into this crow and it brings up a little achievement crow hug <laughs> it just oh, made nice. me laugh after seeing that and i thought wow what else what other little easter eggs are in here for us all to discover uh so there's a a little teaser for you uh i hope everybody will check it out wherever it comes out uh you know we, we don't have official word as to whether it's going to be on itch or catalog or whatever but you know i'm sure we'll be finding out sooner than later so best of luck with development scenic route software thank you so much for the opportunity to play it early i had a blast hug all those crows oh man i did yeah um sounds great well thanks for sharing cool so well i think that does it for our news and notes which means now it's nick's time to win the uh bumper of the episode award let's hear it nick where are we going next indie inventory all right so don uh, wait 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 <laughs> Nick, you, you got to up your game. Don, Don beat you last time. Okay. Let's hear a real respectful boop into our next segment. You can do it. Boop, boop. 
Here we Perfect. go. Well, it was better than yeah. last time. Good. Are you satisfied right. with the amount of news you got to read this time, Ryan? Oh my gosh. You're good I'm, with that? Yeah. I, I'll never Now it's my go. turn to mute for the rest of the episode, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Indie inventory. I wanted to mention. Uh, so I was thinking um, about like, should we put like the AAA games to the top and like mention the big releases like most podcasts do? Or I usually go in chronological order. But this week we are mentioning, first we we're mentioning Life's Too Short Unhooked is finally out. Five bucks by Pixel Ghost. You can get it on itch or you can get it in catalog. It is here. Uh, I am saving it for a rainy day, which is coming soon. It is finally raining where I live and I am excited <laughs> to play it. Um, it came out the same week as Starfield, but I am going to be playing it um, uh, this week. So it is out. I am. I have only heard good things and I would love to hear more. If you are a fan of the Pixel Ghost universe, don't sleep on Life's Too Short series, but Life's Too Short 2 unhooked. Guys, you, you excited? You good? Whoop, whoop. Absolutely. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. All right. It's finally here. And also a game that I keep championing, championing in our uh, Discord is Resonant Tale, yes. which I will put an asterisk. Um, we were given copies by Orange Thief Games to check this mm -hmm. out. And... Um, I played about 20 minutes. I'm saving this one for the, later this week as well. But um, it's also only five bucks. For some reason in my head, I kept thinking this was 12 bucks. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this feels like a $12 game. But it's only five bucks. And this is made in pulp. The animation is super smooth. This is like a, a Zelda Link to the Past style game. Two to three hours. Um, original music. And I've, I've talked about how I don't like the pulp music engine. But the music is actually good in this. Um, <laughs> it, it, well, it sounds different enough where I wasn't like, oh yeah, the more pulp music. Um, I was like, oh, this is actually pretty interesting. So it's got lots of secrets. What are some of your initial, did you get a chance to play it, Ryan? I know Nick did. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I did. But what, I've already spent all my words for the episode. Yes. Ryan, it'll be silent <laughs> the rest of the episode. Um, Nick, what, what were your initial impressions? I know we talked a little bit on discord, but. So again, I'll reiterate that we were given review copies, but, um, that out of the way uh i love the music um the music and the atmosphere the graphics are all reminiscent of link's awakening uh the original game boy zelda game um some of the dialogue some of the descriptions that you come across it's uh just a a masterpiece of a pulp game i am uh, really super impressed. And yeah, the music is the standout for me. Um, there is so much of it and it's all um, very pleasant and uh, um, it fits within the context of the portion of the game in which it plays. So um, it's, uh, it's great <laughs> yes. in short. Yeah, yeah, I, I got a chance to play it too, and it, I did not get very far into the game, but it did feel like it was very well fleshed out and thought out. I found a uh, an Easter egg already in the first, you know, 10 or 15 minutes of play, which, you know, made me feel good about myself. Um, I feel like the... Like it's not necessarily a graphically impressive game. It's got mm -hmm. that kind of small pulp aesthetic where all the sprites are quite tiny. 
And mm-hmm. I know that there are ways to, you know, like at least double up the size of your pulp sprites. Uh, I've dove into the dev forums at least enough to know that. And that would have been something that personally, you know, the artist of the three of us would like to see a little more in terms of the artwork, but the gameplay itself from what I was able to gather in the limited amount of time I played felt very holistic and thought through. So, uh, uh, that's my my limited play review. But Don, what did you think about this? I feel like you've probably had more experience with this than either Nick or I. Um, when I talked to Nick, he might have been even a little further than me because hmm. um, where I chose to stop. Did you have something to say, Nick? Uh, I was going to say, I, I think I, I probably played it a bunch more than, than you had the opportunity okay. to. But uh yeah. Um, I, I also want to touch on the art you had mentioned. When looking at the screenshots and stuff, I was also like, oh, I don't know about this art. It looks very busy. But when I was playing it, it didn't really bother me. Like it, it fleshed out the world, and um, I know what you mean by it being very compact. But it didn't bother me. I, I was easy to tell where the character was, and in the times when it wasn't, the game meant for you to not really know where the character was it's like okay here's a here's a maze where you're a little hidden and then in one of the mazes there's a hedge maze very early on it gives you like a little arrow bouncing over his head um when you cannot actually see the character so uh which i thought was very cute and the maze followed a different pattern that i'm used to from playing 40 out 40 years of video games and i was right away i was like oh this is not the pattern i expected from thousands of other games um, and it kind of made me smile. So anyway, I'm looking forward to playing more of this. I didn't mean to give like a full review of Resident Tale, but I did want to mention that it came out today. And uh, it's, I feel like for five bucks, definitely worth a look. And just mm. to clarify, it came out today on Catalog, yes? Catalog and Itch. Both. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. Which is something yeah. I was going to maybe challenge Ryan or some listener or something. I wonder how many games are on... Uh, catalog that aren't on itch because a lot of them seem to launch in the same spot when you're doing your talk about the scenic route software earnings yeah. and whatnot i noticed a lot of them launch at the same time on both and it makes it hard for me when i'm doing the inventory to find the itch version a lot of times because there's like a placeholder that was months ago that I, is buried basically on itch yeah. so if i don't yeah. find a link from the actual dev i'm not going to find it really on mm-hmm. itch all this to say Appreciate our show notes, guys. Go take a look at what Don cobbles together for you each and every episode. Or let me know if you don't so I can stop doing them. Okay, let's run through the catalog real quick. We got a lot of games, and yeah. I have no idea what time we started because we're right. using a different software right now. Okay, Pulse Break. by Andrew. Yes, Pulse by Andrew Palmer. Very cool puzzle game. This might be an indie inventory pick uh, from me someday. Not an indie inventory. Pixel Panic pick. Very cool puzzle game. <laughs> Uh, Slitherlink PD. A lot of people put this on their top 10. I played the demo and did not understand how this puzzle game worked. So everybody seems to love this game. I need to give it another go because I just don't understand how it works. But uh, Slitherlink PD, check that one out. IFO. This is a Ryan game. This looks like a <laughs> old school LCD game. It's got uh, leaderboards right there on the website. Um, Check this out. I noticed today when I was looking at my Switch, this is on Switch. It's on my Switch list. So this is a port of at least a Switch game. I don't know if it's on the other consoles. Um, Doink, which is like Pong, but with a lot more features and um, power-ups and whatnot. I don't know. It looks interesting. 
I'm not a big Pong guy, but if you are, this looks pretty amazing. I could see Pong being especially fun with a crank too. Mm-hmm. Uh, only three bucks. And then the keeper, we already mentioned life's too short, a Christmas spirit also joined uh catalog. It's been on play date for quite a while, but just in time for the holidays, two bucks. If you've not played it, it's a cute little heartwarming uh, holiday jaunt. Four Corners, as Ryan mentioned, by Cross Software, also joined um, play the, uh, the excuse me the catalog catalog. Halfway to Dawn, which is only a couple months old, it's been on itch, but uh, man, it looks super flashy and impressive on this catalog layout. So I was like, dang, I should give this another look. I've not played this. Did you guys check this out yet? No, not, not yet. I- this looks like something we need to play. I don't know. It's like a yeah, fallout sure. adventure shooter. I don't know. A lot of stuff going on there. Looks real cool. Quantum Phantom Basketball has been teased for a long time. Um, it is finally out by Brenda Arts. It's five bucks. I've heard it is a lot of fun to play. I've not had a chance to try it myself. But um, is yeah. this the one that we were a little concerned about the the graphics on the legibility? Think, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, but I I've heard good things, and Ledbetter himself came on our uh, our on our Discord said that it was a lot of fun and legibility wasn't really an issue when you're playing. Cool. Yeah, it it looks more legible than I remember on these catalog gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, do you want to try that sometime? It's an NBA Jam style game. Mars After Midnight is not out, but you can wish list it. And I did want to mention on the Playdate uh, website, there's now a wish list tab. Oh yeah, there's yeah. a little there's a little heart next to coming soon. You can click that heart and that wish list it for you. Oh, that's okay. handy. I'm guessing it'll email you or something when it comes out. Hmm. Uh, I did post a picture or a GIF or something of this game on our Instagram, and I got like six messages, which is a lot for Instagram. Well, what's that game in the GIF you posted? Da-da-da-da. So people were wanting to play this. Hmm. You know, I wonder if this wish list thing will ever turn into a privately accessible, meaning just your friends or a publicly accessible so that if somebody ever wanted to gift you something like an Amazon wish list that they mm-hmm. can do that. Or if this is just like user based, like only I can see my wish list so that maybe I can purchase games for myself in the future or be notified about them. I wonder how far this wish list goes or how far they plan on taking it. I know that that's a good idea though. That'd be fun. Yeah, I'd love to get in there and you know, buy a game, Don, or buy <laughs> yeah. a game, Nick. That'd be cool. Uh, <laughs> I was gifted a game through catalog this week, and I don't know that that's an option. It was from a dev, but it was kind of cool. It just like popped up like, uh, "Hey, you've been gifted this game. Do you want to accept it?" And the tab was like, "Yeah, I'll take it" or something like that. The button, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like oh, that's that was- pretty neat. That was my first experience with that too. I was I was Same. pretty amazed. It, it was really really smooth, and I'm somebody mm-hmm. who is easily frightened by technology. So that's yeah. saying something. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so jumping into the rest of in the inventory, that is all the catalog stuff. I think uh, we got three games from. Uh, let me get this. That's not his real dev name. Game Portal released three games this week. One of them is West Quest for a dollar. Another one is Dress to Kill, which is a Commodore 64 port. Maybe Nick knows something about this. And the third one is Pass Problems. The only one I have played is Pass Problems, which is sort of like a Sokoban puzzle 
But with basketball players, so you're passing the ball between players and trying to figure the puzzle out to get it to reach the hoop and use the crank to like rev up the audience. It does not affect gameplay at all. If you just want the audience <laughs> to scream, you uh, <laughs> That's turn the fantastic. crank. It's a dollar. It's super cute. It's really fun. Um, I loved it. But I have not played the other two. Nick, do you remember this Sherlock Holmes dress to kill game? Uh, looks like a text adventure. Um, but no, I don't remember this game specifically. So uh, I'm curious. It, it kind of looks like a Scott Adams style adventure. Um, so okay. that is that is one I will probably pick up. One dollar. I love these implementations yeah. of the crank that are just satisfying, but have no gameplay, like the roaring of the <laughs> yeah. crowd or like petting of the dog in uh, Pick Pack Pup or mm-hmm. things like that. That's that's very fun. Very fun. It does say on uh, Dress to Kill, tilt the device at key moments to progress plot. Um, hmm. It has a cel- it uses the accelerometer and cranko vision. I, don't, I might buy this. I don't even like that type of game, but it sounds cool. I don't know. You'll love this one. Ah, maybe. I'll wait till Nick <laughs> forces it on us. And then West Quest. Uh, I don't know. It looks cool. It's a buck. Oh, I don't know. I like past problems so much. Maybe I'll just buy all these games by this dude. He's just been cranking them out. He cranked out three in a week. Yeah, that that's crazy. Um, yeah. So... Uh, I wonder if uh, if they you know just just had these kind of in in test for a while and then they all just kind of came came up together. I, I'm curious about the development process for all three of these uh, and the release. Maybe uh, idea. Yeah, maybe he got his physical play date and was like, oh yeah, these work, and you know made little tweaks or oh, something, yeah. and then that makes sense. Hopped them out. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I did mention something. I think I commented something on past problems, and they responded right away i i don't recall um anyway next one is 360 no scope by gubba it mm-hmm. is if you know what 360 no scoping is now you can do it on your play date mm-hmm. um i haven't tried it but it looks funny speaking of games this next one got me really excited stunt copter for Playdate. Mm-hmm. this is a port of the mac helicopter game i remember playing this when i was a kid at my friend's house so this made me real happy to see uh, this come out i i think it's still in a, a little bit of a, a development stage uh it seemed like when i was playing it it kind of went on forever um mm-hmm. and then i saw that you posted in here about the change of gravity don it's cool yeah. that the dev is responding so quickly though because he said uh hey i confirmed there was a bug where the amount of gravity does not change according to the difficulty level and depending upon where the game starts, there are times when the number of stages changes to be incorrect. I found that too. So he said he's working on these, uh, on fixing those issues. So that's really cool. If you haven't given this a try, I would suggest doing it maybe in a, a week or so after he's got some uh, a, a new patch uploaded to um, Itch. But I had a great time nonetheless. Took me back to my childhood. Loved it. Very faithful port. Good job, Uh Krogedelic. <laughs> I don't remember this game at all, but this is up my alley. And it was fun, but yeah, you could once you figure it out, you can pretty much nail the jump every time. Um, but yeah, very cool idea. And I like this jump. <laughs> you jump off, you drop off a helicopter, you jump off a helicopter. Oh, okay. Do a all wagon right. of hay. Yeah. Do you not remember this either, Nick? I I I don't. <laughs> 
No. Oh, golly. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. I guess I'm the only one. Am I the oldest here? Yes. Yeah. Am by I? About, by a lot. Yeah. No. 20, 20 <laughs> years or so. No. Yeah. How old are you, Don? Uh, are you, you're are older you years by a year. younger than me? No, you're one year older, I think. Oh, geez. All you're right. one generation older. Well, um, yeah, I also generation. Did Come on, <laughs> interact with the original Mac very much. So, um, yeah, that was all right. Uh, I do well, like that he, that he pays tribute to the original creator uh, in the totally. punch up here. That's very cool. Yeah, and even in the game itself, you fire it up and you gives credit to him. So really neat. I I think I read somewhere on the itch page that he uh, was able to acquire the actual sprites from the original dev he must have got in contact with him or something don't mm, quote me on that he but died I, I, 35 years ago is that right yeah. then i lied I, I thought i read that he found the original um sprites or something or maybe you just reproduce them i don't know anyway well, the reproduction is very faithful and i had a dandy time what else do we have on indian <laughs> indie inventory have you guys heard of elena temple before nick maybe i have not okay uh, i think i own this I own this game on something, maybe Xbox. It's basically like an homage to early platformers. And so when you play it on an Xbox, it shows like a Mac screen or a old Game Boy, like ripoffs of those in like a, a library or something like you're playing the game in, in the library. Um, so this is from the same dev as the Xbox game and the Switch game or whatever. Um, but this is just a Playdate version of that. And it, it's uh, it's really cool. So I went to the, the devs page and I recognized a lot of his games and... Uh, this is a minimalistic version. Right now, it's fifty percent off. It's early access, they say, but they've been doing uh, updates frequently. So, check it out. Yeah, a buck for Atlanta Temple. I was nice. like, wow, I, I recognize that name. I thought it was just an homage, but no, it's the real deal. Fifty-five yeah. people have downloaded it so far. Got to get in on the ground floor, man. I'm gonna make it fifty-six right now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I downloaded, have not played. All right. Uh, uh, yes, Don, Ryan, Nick. Have Nicholas? you heard of the new game from Clactic called Space Escape? <laughs> Tell me more. I super haven't. Okay. Um, Ryan, I could see us uh, whiling away an afternoon uh, combating each other in this game. Oh, boy. Um, I like the basically, sound of this. Basically, it's a side-scrolling, uh, crank-controlled spaceship simulator where you're uh. trying to uh, hit wormholes, basically, Uh and avoid every other obstacle. And it is very challenging, but super fun and satisfying to play. Uh, if you miss a wormhole, then uh, I believe, and forgive me, I can't look at the edge page at the moment, but I believe that the entire play field speeds up um, to make it even more challenging. Uh, so yes. it's just, it is a great concept and very simple, very easy to understand very difficult to um to master you know ex Gary execute Stern. very well yeah yeah uh <laughs> so this is name your price and it is uh a lot of fun so definitely don't sleep on space escape indeed it, that sounds truly wicked <laughs> well, i'll have to give yeah. that a try i think there was a, a bit idea. trip game that had a similar mechanic probably like if um, you miss the thing it would just keep going faster and faster till you hit one yeah was that the first one the the one with the dots um, i don't i don't remember i don't I can't keep them straight. anyway i can't either okay uh next up did you all know that there's a release of colossal cave adventure on the playdate 
Tell that me more. That is nuts. I heard about that from, uh, I believe, Gamagoat on the Discord, but uh, it is made by B. Withers. And uh, this also um, honors the original devs of uh, the Colossal Cave Adventure. Uh, so this is just a, a pretty faithful port of Colossal Cave Adventure, but it does have some um, modern uh, help. <laughs> I guess since the Playdate doesn't have a keyboard, it makes it more challenging to interact with a text adventure like this. Um, so the main input method is a crank method where you're cranking through and typing your commands. But you can also switch to a verb-based command uh, scenario, which is a lot easier to control. So you crank through your verb list, and then you crank through the recipient of the verb. So um, you know, look at uh, cottage or whatever, and um, that's a little easier than typing that uh, one character at a time. Um, this would not be my preferred uh, method of play for this, but it is really cool that it exists on the playdate. So, um, if you have a fondness for text adventures and have already finished Thy Dungeon Man One and Two, uh, <laughs> why not check out Colossal Cave Adventure? Nice. Nick, I'm so proud of you. It sounds like you downloaded and played these games. Is that right? I did. I did. Oh, applause. Wow. Good job. Yeah. Thank well, I'm you. I'm going to have to make a different uh, gift sticker for you on our Discord. <laughs> I did a thing. Good job. Um, well, so I, you all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's move to Pixel Panel. Respectful boops to Indy. No, Pixel Panel. Pixel panel time. Don, take us away. Pixel panel. Our pixel panel pick this week. Our featured game is Crank Crawl by Fabian Fisher. This is a game where you take control. It's a tactical dungeon puzzler where you take control of a slot machine and you move the <laughs> reels one by one. And so it's not really much of a slot machine at all. It is a randomized dungeon crawling <laughs> turn-based strategy game where you fight goblins, trolls, ninja ducks, and other strange opponents. So, yeah, this is this is a very polished game. It is $1. Um, it's, it's very polished in the gameplay and the manual, but there are some uh, little tweaks that are difficult to read until you... are difficult to understand until you uh, play a little more. And even after playing a lot, still some things that are difficult to understand... <laughs> honestly but it immediately charmed me because i'm a big fan of mobile games and this felt like something that hasn't really been done but um but felt familiar and one of our listeners actually mentioned a game that dusted off some cobwebs uh chelman or shellman mentioned off mentioned king caching that he played on his phone and he's enjoying the superficially similar mechanic and yeah, that, I think it did have a similar mechanic. I haven't played King Caching in years. But the idea is you'll see bows and arrows and treasure and whatnot on the slot machine reels. And whatever hits the bottom goes into a little slot, and that's what you're playing. So the first three things you collect, that's your turn to fight the monster. Collect a sword, a boot, and a potion. You'll be stabbing them, kicking them, and drinking the potion, basically. So you're selecting those three things. There are some things that will harm you, like a mushroom. Um, I don't have the manual up in front double of me. Double-headed axe. Double-headed yeah, double, axe, uh -huh, yes. Yeah. 
So some things do are are good and bad. They do some damage while to you while you use them, and then obviously damage to your opponent. So you have to kind of balance what you're using. But there's also you can't always get what you want. Uh, sometimes you're stuck using something you don't want to use um, just to get it out of the way. The nice thing is when you kill an enemy, you are faced with like a little rest area. You can either sleep and gain 15 health. You can collect 10 treasures or you can uh, body build and collect 10 strength. And you can do that every time you kill an enemy. And basically it's just a high score chaser. The goal is to get the most treasure. And so when you die, it'll say, oh, you killed five enemies and you got 55 treasure. And that's your high score. And you can start over again. And so, yeah, we had a couple people um, posting scores on Discord. Uh, we've talked a little bit about it. But what did you guys think of Crank Crawl? Ryan, go ahead. Okay. Uh, well, first, uh, thank you to Sir Michael Philip Jagger for that Rolling Stones reference back there and the gameplay <laughs> right. explanation. But um, yeah, so this one was a slow grower for me. Uh, when I first started playing it, I was awfully confounded. And it was by the game mechanics. There were a couple things that hung me up. First of all, it's the slot mechanic. I was expecting a slot machine mechanic it's on the title card it's prominently featured slot machine slot machine and when i went to press a button like the things weren't spinning like i expected it to it would go a little bit or like i'd hold it down it would go more and like it confused me and i was also the second thing that confused me was where to read the output like i understood that i was making you know, triplets of different icons, but like, where were they coming up? Because again, slot machine, slot machine, slot machine. I'm used to reading it across the middle. So like, what am I matching up? Well, nothing was matching up when I was looking over to the right and then comparing it to like the middle of the slot machine. So for those couple reasons, I started out real confused. I finally understood that whatever spits out of the bottom of the column is what you're putting over to the right-hand side to battle whatever character you're against. Then things started making more sense to me. Then things started clicking. But um, I, I I did get into gameplay at that point uh, to the point where I was playing it a fair number of times. And uh, unless Nick has a surprise for me, I think I may have bested him. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but uh, but yeah, this this game kind of reminded me of like a more slow and methodical um inventory hero you've got these like different things coming down the pipeline that you're grabbing to fight this enemy that's above you uh it's a little bit luck based but you're trying your best to like find stuff that's going to work uh i understand it's not a perfect comparison but that was like the first thing that entered my mind but nick what did you think about this game yeah, I've, I found it uh, pretty interesting. First of all, I would say that the graphics are very easy to discern, you know, the individual elements uh, apart from each other. Um, I was a little uh, thrown off by exactly what the stats were that were being shown in the upper right. Um, you know, it, it took me a minute to kind of parse those. Um, and I tried several different approaches for playing this game. I was curious if you all did as well. 
um, I started off and I was trying to make matches as quickly as possible. Um, and uh, that really doesn't benefit you in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> um, but it took me a little while to kind of get used to the idea that this isn't um, kind of a, a mobile match three puzzler or the like, where you've got a strict time limit uh, that you need to respect. You you actually do have some time to figure out what your move is going to be, which I think is a cool twist on this uh, because of the randomization that's involved with the uh, the slot or the the picking mechanic. You can totally just go straight up one column if you choose to, and I, I experimented with that to see if <laughs> uh, there was an appreciable difference in just going... Uh, you know, in order on one column for the entire game, or if uh, there there was really an incentive to to play outside of that. And what I found, uh, and I don't know, did you all try that at all? Well, or, it's, or... it's random. Why would going up one column make a difference? Yeah, I did not try that. That seems weird. <laughs> it is weird. So I would. I, I was fine, just... I guess. But yeah. It is random, but um, what I found is that there's, you know, there's absolutely no difference between doing that and just kind of going in order uh, or, you know, trying any combination thereof. So if you went, you know, column one, column two, column one, um, I, I didn't find a statistical difference, uh, I should say, over a few different games uh, trying, you know, and just to find the, the best matches or the most uh, expedient way to dispatch the enemy um, versus just hitting every item in one column. Um, I, I just thought I, that was kind of interesting. Can I make a mild amendment to something that you said? You were... <laughs> I mean, you can just correct me. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I might have an actually uh, to what you That's said. You, you were saying that it's it's not really a match two or match three component, but there is a matching component to this mm -hmm. where if you get several in a row, like two axes will yeah. increase the amount that you're so, hitting them, or three axes in a no, row will I think it's only really three. You, you you didn't hear my uh my qualification of that, which is it's not like a mobile match three puzzler where oh. typically those have a timed element where you need to make your selections within a certain period of time uh at least i didn't notice that there was any kind of timed element no um, i did not yeah. find that either uh okay it, it, like like i said much more a methodical yeah thoughtful experience than an inventory so, hero experience yeah figuring figuring out um which sets of three items actually benefited you in any given turn uh was more of a challenge than it might seem mm -hmm. um because of your constantly varying power levels. So if you're playing in a way that you happen to uh, increase your power level quite a bit, um, then you'll notice that you'll have some turns where you just like completely demolish an enemy for no apparent reason. And uh, then the next turn, you're doing like one damage. Um, even if you are hitting three... Uh, you know, identical items, three swords, for example. So um, that was a little strange to me until I really started paying attention to how uh, the 
different elements impact the whole. So the orb item is the one that I found the most useful, and that just duplicates the last item that you've selected. The so wild if card. You, yeah, yeah. If, if you Joker. have a pair of yeah. boots and you get an orb, that is like super helpful. Or you get a shield and you get a, an orb. So I found myself gravitating to to those whenever possible. Um, but uh, anyway, it it's an interesting game. I'm not certain that there is an optimal path because of the randomization. Um, mm. So I found myself very early on kind of topping out the uh, amount of enemies that I was able to slay and the number of treasures that I was able to acquire. That I, I said, so I'm sorry, go ahead. That said, uh, it is interesting in that each successive run was completely different in the selections that I would make in between enemies. So there are some where I would just try to max out power, and I happen to have a layout that allowed me to do that. Um, but there are others, and I would wind up with you know seven or eight slain enemies every time. It didn't matter um, what I was doing, really. It just mattered the items that I was able to acquire during that run. And then other times I was like constantly on the ropes and I would have to rest every single turn um, between monsters in order to stay alive long enough to hit that, that number. So um, at first I was worried that there wasn't uh, a really good balance on uh, the game, but as I got into it, I kind of found that it was so balanced there was a ceiling that you hit really early on. <laughs> and there, there didn't seem to be much of a way to progress past that, at least for me. And I think, uh, Ryan, in answer to your challenge earlier, that uh, I was basically a few under you uh, on treasures uh, or slain monsters. I'm not really sure. I wasn't paying super close attention once I kind of realized that I was always hitting the same numbers every time. So... Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. You and I both maxed out right around the same spot, which I think was in the 80s in terms of score and what around seven monsters or so. And yeah. um, I found similar things that it felt kind of randomish, like I couldn't better myself past that point. And then it mm -hmm. got a little bit um, repetitive for me then. Like I, I like it when I can see my skills progressing and I wasn't able to see that past a certain point. And so then it was just sort of a, eh, I don't know, maybe I'll come back to it at some time type of feeling. But Don, this is your game. We haven't heard from you much. We've been talking. Yeah. Let's hear yeah. from you about this one. Well, I think that's, I think that's where your slot machine comes in. Slot machines are different every time. They're random. They aren't built for you to win. And it's, it's the luck of the draw sort of thing. I also, my high score is 80 and in the discord, the highest score I saw was 91. And so that's, why I was trying oh. to like hit 90 to get to be, I think Dino got 91. Mm -hmm. um, but the game is a dollar. I think if more time was spent in the AI, maybe it would, you know, I mean, obviously be a higher price, I guess, but if there was some sort of like progression system, where at the end you earn money and then 
next time you'll have you'll be building your strength and building your strength there's an end game like there's this system is cool you can build a lot off of this this for a dollar is a pretty fun little experience but it's a quick little let me see how high i can get and then you're done it's not a like i'm gonna beat the game and and i was just seeing like i thought i didn't see any ninja ducks but looking at this thing that i thought was a snake in a hood i think that's the ninja duck um (laughs) i was trying to figure out like looking at the stats around the enemies that it was always confused me and i can Mm -hmm. tell obviously the shield is obviously their defense if they're bleeding if you give them a bleed um effect that's pretty obvious minus one on their health the other effects I'm not as confident on. Maybe the claw is they're doing three damage or five damage or whatever each time they hit you, I guess. I don't know. Same with your your stats are a little confusing. Mm-hmm. Like I can see if you have a, a minus two, like you're about to take two damage or a minus eight or something, you're about to take eight damage. I get that. But it's hard to tell why you're taking eight damage. Yeah. I, and how to offset it. I mean. I. I felt a little more clear about my own player stats than the monster stats personally. Mm-hmm. I mean, just going through a the five bit. of these things here, uh, you've got your sword, like how much are you attacking them? You've got your wand, how much are you magicking them? You've got the gems, how many gems are you collecting this round? And then your shield defense and then fist for power. Uh, so that felt pretty easy for me to understand i think i'm understanding them correctly but i agree with you about the monster stats maybe we need to read those directions another time or three uh, i don't know that there should be monster stats besides life in most games they just have health and if you're hitting them with two staff then they're taking two damage from your staff and then maybe that builds maybe staff builds each time until they're dead so two damage here and then you add three becomes five damage next time so you decide to focus on staff and staff keeps building so your staff is very strong but at the risk of not using shields not using anything else whereas sword once you use it three damage boom it goes back down to zero each turn maybe something like that i don't know i i like pretty much everything you're saying don starting with um you know, a way to make this game progress even further, like being able to buy things and up your levels and progress toward an end game. Again, I know this is a single dollar game, so that's a lot to ask of it. But if this dev wanted to add on to this game to give it even longer legs, I think that's an incredible idea. I also really like your idea to simplify the monster stats. I I don't know why none of us thought of that before, but that's a a perfect example for how to make this game more accessible. I mean, we've been sitting here talking about how confusing these monster stats are, and maybe we could figure it out eventually, but like, why do we need to take two weeks and a conversation (laughs) between three people to try to figure this out? It should be hopefully a little more intuitive than that. But maybe Nick does not agree because I know Nick likes weird games. So perhaps he has a different opinion. <laughs> he like this game. What do you think? I did enjoy this game. Um, so the thing that I found that was interesting um, was, I don't know if you noticed, but the real positions yeah, yeah. stayed the same between runs. So if you ended with, you know, three uh axes at the bottom of the frame the next run starts exactly where you left off so your oh. your positioning and your runs uh your past runs do dictate a little bit of your future success and you have a glimpse into that 
as you die. <laughs> I never um, noticed that. That's cool. Uh, okay, yeah. so here here's the the counter to that. If you don't like that, which I didn't frequently because I managed to <laughs> create a terrible no-win situation for myself right out of the gate. Um, if you exit the app and then come back into it uh, so that you have to go oh. through the menus again, um, it will reset those positions. The so, yeah, so if you want to cheat, like me, you can go back to the, <laughs> the Playdate menu. Um, oh. I only did that a couple times, but it is uh, it is helpful to, to know that little tip. Um, if that is really interesting. I, I did notice that between yeah. defeating monsters, but I didn't realize that that stayed the same between entire games. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I have one last thing. Unless I'm mistaken, there's nothing that heals you, right? So no, uh, that's, that's not correct. Yeah. Uh, but I found the healing effects to be uh, very uh, not helpful. <laughs> what heals you? I thought the potion and the mushroom would do something, but the I never hurts you. Yeah, I know mushroom um, hurts you, but I kept like using it. Then I was like, oh, I got to read the book here because mushrooms kicking my ass. Yeah. Um, I thought potion so, would, but um, I don't have it, it up here. But I believe the potion does, but you have to offset the damage that's being done to you by the monster for that turn. So generally, unless you're potion using gives you two power. Is it two power? There is nothing something gives that, you healing. Heals you, isn't there? Nothing gives you healing. Shroom I, gives you four uh, power I'm, and two self attack. You know Ryan. what? Maybe I'm thinking of shield. Shield because yeah. I shield think it protects did not you from damage. Right. I think it did not give us life, but it prevented us from losing that life. So maybe that damage increasing of our health bar. Uh, you know, which is basically negating the preview image of our health bar decreasing made us think that we were gaining life maybe that's that what it was nick could be it's interesting that both you and i thought that we gained health yes though. totally um, and you can between so, rounds but as far as right. the slot machine mechanic is concerned maybe don's right i'll bet don's right hen is yeah, nothing well, though. A, like if you field. if you're using an axe and and whatever two mushrooms or something that's five damage don't do and that. You, you're only gaining 10 <laughs> Yeah, but sometimes you have to. You're only gaining ten health between rounds, and that's one turn. Most most gain, attacks are like at least five turns. You gain fifteen health between rounds if you rest. I'm sorry, fifteen. You're right. Either way, it ain't much. Right. If right. that's one turn, and there's five turns per uh, roughly five or more. Well, that's why I think we're all kind of topping it's out not single. Single digit just, monster slayings. Yeah. They got to keep you under that seven monster count. Come on now. Yeah, we gotta or we gotta wrap it up. 100, but 110. Um, <laughs> yeah. it definitely has its faults. But it's a it's a. I thought it was a fun little quick, cool idea. Same. It is. I'll come back to yeah. it. Yep. And shall we read uh, Dean's thoughts? Let's hear. Yeah, it. yeah. Uh, uh, Nick, so Nick, go for it. Okay. Uh, Dean says uh, he. Pulled together some thoughts on Crank Crawl. Interested to hear from others. Uh, for a compact game with a simple set of mechanics, there's surprising strategic depth. Skipping moves to discard actions, which we didn't even talk about, did we? If you right. uh, get a, uh, three items, you can just hit the B button and then throw your turn away. So you don't have to take like a whole bunch of self-damage. Um, that's, a, that's a pretty cool mechanic that I enjoyed. Um, 
Anyway, skipping moves to discard actions, sometimes accepting damage in the process, is an interesting tactic. I'm struggling to balance its use, but it feels essential to advance deeper in the game. There's a heavy dose of luck involved with the slot machine, and it can feel unbalanced. I often found myself restarting multiple times until all visible actions were useful before making my first move. Cheater. Even with a good footing, <laughs> a strong position can quickly crumble with a wave of badly timed mushrooms. Regarding general improvements, more balanced randomization of actions and progressive difficulty would increase replay value, and a leaderboard would be fun. In terms of polish, the manual could benefit from iconography and richer monster profiles, but it's worth remembering that the game is only $1, which is incredible value for what is delivered. Uh, emphasis my own. Um, TLDR, simple, fun, brilliant value for money. Not typically my type of game, but it had me hooked. Thanks, Don, nice. for the recommendation, and keen to see how others are scoring. So their top so far was six monsters and 91 treasures, which what? I, I did six not touch. monsters? I did not touch 91 treasures, but Goodness. yeah. You can collect um, 10, 10 treasures between rounds. I did try that strategy. Like every time mm -hmm. I'm just going to collect 10 treasures, and that, I always ended up in like the 50s or 60s. That felt like a losing strategy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, also... Uh, Chelman or mentioned a single, uh, sim similar thing to the iconography. He wishes he could jump straight to the spot in the manual that's relevant for the monster I'm fighting. It would be nice if you could just pull up stats and strategies on the fly with the iconography. What am I fighting right now? Yeah. Cool. Man, well, uh, sounds like maybe Dino and Chelman uh, need to take our spots because they just said everything we said in about a quarter <laughs> of the beats. time. So, yes, thank you <laughs> to all of our stellar Discord members for being there, for chiming in, for playing this game with us. It always makes it a bunch more fun for us, too. So thank you. Don, you want to take us away? Oh, maybe right after I tell everybody that I am still working hard on my next book. Don't forget to go to onebiteatatimebook.com. That's www.onebiteatatimebook.com. This is 20 years of my work in a gorgeous oversized hardcover that's going to be coming this November. Please check it out if you have a moment. Really appreciate it. Don, want to take us away? Yeah. Thank you guys for chatting tonight. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can check us out on the Discord. That's where we're probably most active, but also playdaypodcast.com. Uh, check out the show notes if you want to see anything that we mentioned tonight. And we will catch you next week with Nick's pick, Escapion by Digicarat, which we've loved all of their games. So we'll see what yeah. Escapion, what you guys have to say about that. Neat. Looking forward to Very it. Very exciting. Yep. Cool. Talk to all you all. Right. Good night. Talk to you all next time. Yeah. Bye-bye.